to Surrogacy Australia's podcast series. I'm your host, Anna Mackay. Thank you for sharing your time to listen to this episode. These recordings are from the regular one-hour free webinars that I run, which I invite you to attend if you haven't already. They take you through how surrogacy works in Australia, including how to find a surrogate or intended parents. There are opportunities to ask questions, and you hear from a co-host each time about their own journey. This episode, recorded in May 2023, features Dane. Dane and Ben from Newcastle became parents to baby boy Rupert in January 2022. Rupert was carried and birthed by their surrogate Chelsea, who was previously a stranger and who lived on the Gold Coast, now in New Zealand. Dane's sister is their egg donor, so there is a whole village involved to create their son. In this episode, we covered lots of interesting topics, including making embryos with your IVF clinic before you have a confirmed surrogate, the average cost and range of a journey, engaging with a surrogate but when it doesn't work out, how to manage those feelings of desperation, and then how to put yourself out there again to find another surrogate. He shares some advice for new intended parents, IPs, on being transparent and talks about some of the challenges of being an interstate team and COVID restrictions. I hope you enjoy this episode. Alrighty, so we've got Dane joining us tonight and we've got some lovely photos that he shared with us that we're going to work our way through and we'll use them to weave in his surrogacy story. So Dane, who's in this photo and what was happening here? Um, this was the first time that uh, my husband Ben and I, so Ben is the one in the navy blue shirt, met our surrogate Chelsea and her husband Matt. So um, it was a long time coming. We had been chatting for I think about four months prior to this because they were in Queensland. It was the first wave of COVID. So borders had opened for I think it was just maybe a month so we only got no actually that's why it was I think six months but anyway this was our first time that we officially got to meet face to face as opposed to screen to screen or text message very and, exciting and nerve nervous day yeah it, well it, it was nerve-wracking but it was funny because we actually picked them up to go out for dinner this was actually taken at the car park of the star casino <laughs> which is quite funny. Um, this is where we went after dinner. When we did go to meet them for the first time, we knock on the door and we just saw these hands and a face of a little, like their little kids flat up against the door with the glass. It was so funny. <laughs> and they were very excited because Chelsea and Matt had been telling them who we were. And yeah, so this was our very first photo. Wonderful. And so that's probably a good opportunity to say, so you met Chelsea um, online through the- Yes, so, sorry, yes, we did meet on the uh, surrogacy Facebook group. Yep. And I had put a little- about us on the page and she had messaged us privately to discuss what she was looking to do and what we were after and then just kind of blossomed from there really wonderful yeah we i've got questions about that but we might think we yeah. can come back to that so we'll work through our photos because then i think we move on to some exciting things happening here two different things happening in these photos tell us about yeah them. so the one on the left that's well that's obviously chelsea in the blue dress her daughter talia ben in black and that's my sister kate who was our egg donor and that was our first transfer which unfortunately didn't work but it led us to our second transfer which matt flew down for and we didn't purposely match with the black and white checks but I, it obviously was maybe good luck because that's me holding our transfer which actually isn't the transfer dish but i asked for it and they said there was too much glue in it so i said just give me one with a sticker because it's gonna work <laughs> it's 
Right. Yes, because when you sent me that photo, I'm like, I've never seen that before. I'm going to guess that's something to do with the transfer. Yeah, that's the um, that's where the little embryo was, but not ours, but they put the sticker on it like it was. Excellent. And here we are breaking the myth of to what, what's actually in there. <laughs> yeah. And so then was this a little announcement that Chelsea Yeah, had so you? Chelsea surprised us and flew down. So she contacted my sister and mum to surprise us. And my sister was asking Ben and myself to take her daughter to Netflix and her son to football because she had to go to something. And I was fuming because I was like, you're running late, X, Y, Z. I walked in, here's Chelsea. And I was like, what are you doing here? And then I read the balloon and I was about half an hour before Ben. So I got to watch Ben being shocked as well. Yes. It was very exciting. It was, so, it was lovely of her to surprise us with it. Wonderful. And I think there's a couple of things you've um, hit on there tonight that for brand new IPs listening, you're hearing there that Chelsea helped arrange this with your sister. And so that's yeah. a great example of how it's not just you doing this with Chelsea and her family, the network expands, doesn't it? And the connection oh, yes, that everyone's making. Yeah. She became part of the family. She still is. So they still always, especially with my mum, they stay in contact a lot. That's beautiful. Yeah. So I can see the big smiles that it would have been such a great fun thing to organise. And then moving on to some more pregnancy scans and announcements. Yeah, that was just mine and Ben's photo announcement. And that of Chelsea, I think, oh, that was actually the day that Rippet was born. Yes, that, that was the day. So she actually got induced they broke her waters and that was them just checking Rupert. And I think we've got some birth photos. No, I yeah, didn't see. Yeah. I've, I've stuffed up the well, order this, there. I thought that might <laughs> no, be that's one of the fine. <laughs> Yeah, so that um, the one on the left is obviously Ben, myself and Chelsea and Kate again. That was on our baby shower day at our house. And then Chelsea arranged some um, maternity photos for her to keep with her and her family as well. They're not in that image, obviously, but that's just one from the, the photos that were taken. Yes. Did you go up to her for those photos? Yeah. So again, we didn't have any in the mix in between because COVID raised its little head and Chelsea got pregnant. And then at 11 weeks before our 12 week scan, the borders closed and they didn't open until she was. So this, at our baby shower, that was the first time we saw Chelsea that pregnant because we hadn't seen her until the day of our baby shower. So we weren't actually going to have one because she couldn't make it. But then the borders did finally open and she flew down. And I think she was from memory. Oh, what was she been? Maybe 32 weeks then. And then we were going to go up after Christmas on Boxing Day, but COVID started spreading like wildfire in Newcastle and we thought we were going to close the borders again. So Ben and I actually went up. We, we stayed in Queensland for six weeks, I think it was. And we actually just moved into our house, that house that, that we got a photo of three weeks prior to us going there. So we were in Queensland for longer than we were in our new house. <laughs> we got to know our Airbnb a bit better. Yes. Oh, that's surrogacy, isn't it? Just throws yeah. hands in the works. And I'm sure that was not the plan as a team when you got to know each other, thinking what pregnancy would look like, how often you might be visiting to help her. And then you just... Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it was crazy. So it was obviously just kind of working out as you run along the course of it all. Yeah. But um, it, yeah, we didn't... Uh, I only got to go to the first scan, which was five weeks, I believe. Hear a heartbeat? No, we didn't get to hear one. So it was a little bit disappointing, I guess. But they were like, there's a... Yeah, you can see there's a yoke there. And I was like, oh, we're still at the egg stage yes. <laughs> but the rest were all via FaceTime which was good so we were still there in spirit mm. I'm sure she appreciated having you there for a few weeks before birth since you went up early yeah yeah we got some good times we spent Christmas up there as well so because he was born on January 14th so we were there throughout Christmas and New Year's so we got to enjoy it all lovely and help her out with the kids and just be around and yes, see her yeah heavily pregnant so and then so this is us with chelsea's kids and her mum joe and that's us trying to walk the baby out she actually 
yeah she was <laughs> so pumped she was smashing out the steps and little did we know she actually was COVID positive at the time so she was doing this while trying to get rip to bring on labor and she was had COVID wow yeah, so she was 38 weeks pregnant there. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, and I, I have to comment on the person taking a selfie in the background too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's great. Photobomb. Photobomb. Um, and so then when Rupert was born a little while, had she finished COVID? Uh, I think it was literally two days after she came out of her um, little isolation lockdown. So she, she went into... I, they call it false labor, I guess, when she was in the middle of her isolation process. Yep. But Chelsea has a, not quoting it correctly, but she has a, a rare blood condition. So she has to have medication prior. And so they um, didn't hook her up to the medication because it was false um, labor at that stage. So, um, and of course she had COVID, it just was too risky with all the PPE and everything like that. So they sent us home. <laughs> right. And then waited until. Real labor. Yeah, real labor kicked in. Strong contractions. Yes, I remember at the time in 2020 for me, and so I did home birth, but that was planned. But it, yeah. it certainly created more conversations, not just surrogacy team, but for pregnant women about home birthing, because then you had a bit more sense of control over what was yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Didn't have to navigate hospitals and things. So yeah, and well, with Chelsea, she's so Rupert was her fifth birth, and her four, she's always had her labors, her labors, her waters broken. She was hoping that Rupert was going to be the baby that had the waters break naturally, but unfortunately didn't go to plan, but it was the perfect labor. And then I think we've got some beautiful birth photos here. So she yeah, had so a she water, had birth. water birth. Yeah. And she was so in control of that whole labor. Like she was, she knew as soon as they broke her waters, he was born, I think exactly three hours after. It was very quick. Yeah. I just remembered her. She was eating. We wouldn't have had like prior to them breaking her waters. She was having hot chips and the nurse was like, you're going to bring them up. And she just looked at her and she was like no I'm not I've, this is my fifth fifth go I'm not there was a stage that I was like oh she's eating a word she's about to vomit but she had control obviously for anyone that's watching their child being born it was incredible and just like it was so like animalistic I guess in a in a beautiful way um to watch it just happen so naturally and watch how in control she was but also out of control and just like following my natural instinct oh that's so lovely to hear you summarize that birth I know having had a very similar type of birth I reckon I, I know I can hear in your voice and see your your pride in her and your joy at, at being at that birth do you do you look back at these photos and are you transported back to those oh photos? yeah we have a we have a video which I like she's very proud of as well and even Ben and I have had like family members that have um have kids obviously and when they broke her waters I was strapping myself in for 12 hour labor and Matt her husband texted us and he was throwing out times predicting when he was going to be born <laughs> and it was two hours after they broke her waters and I was like two hours that didn't sound right and then it was only three hours I was on the money wow. um but yes it was yeah crazy just on that did, you said her husband there was he not there at the birth or was he looking yeah he, just, he took that photo of Ben and I there so he was yeah. there as well excellent so he was her main her other support person yeah yeah he yeah. was great and he and after she birthed he said that was her, her best one it was just <laughs> right out end on a high perhaps yeah and then these photos being dead yes it was very overwhelming 
didn't feel real didn't feel real for probably six weeks to be honest i just was like yeah <laughs> it was very very surreal the sleep deprivation probably has a hand in that the interrupted sleep but do you mean just yeah. going wow there's a person in my house in my arms and i'm responsible for his life now yeah it was almost like oh right he's all mine he's mine he's going nowhere yeah, yeah that going nowhere idea it's not just here for a sleepover yeah exactly right yeah you're on newborn photos here with the team. yeah so my sister and dad drove down after rupert was born and Ben's parents also flew down but the photographer that took Chelsea's maternity photos she was also scheduled to take the birth photos but because COVID came back in Queensland and came on strong after New Year's they were limited to who they could allow in the birthing suite so she did some post-birth photos for us and Kate came along for those as well so that's the four of us and Rupert. Beautiful some pretty special photos there for everybody to have yeah. in the house. And then a uh, a more recent photo of your cheeky little guy, hey? Yeah, yeah, that's him now. Well, that was a few months ago. So he's even changed more so now and probably more cheeky than what you would get in that photo. <laughs> I'll just mention there that, yeah, so I, I follow Dane on, on Instagram and that's where we've connected and I've really enjoyed watching Rupert grow up and, and Dane's sense of humour with uh, the Rupert commentary <laughs> in the background of all the antics that he gets up to and yes, he's got such a an expressive face. He's going to be a cheeky one, we reckon. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> well, actually, somebody has typed something in the chat section, so I'll, I'll read that out as our first question. We have a surrogate and they're wanting to know how long it takes to go through the process to get to embryo transfer. Dane, perhaps share share your side of the story then how long did you date but then also how long do you remember did it take to do the paperwork it was actually quite fast for us to be honest i don't know exactly but i we met them face to face in january and then the first transfer i believe was april of the same year uh yeah yeah we had already got um all our like paperwork and things sorted and then once we met and we um, obviously met a few times after that as well, we started to do the process. So it was quite, and then I think we well, we were dating for like, I think it was dating six or eight months before a transfer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. good. So That's we didn't nice. meet in January for the first time, but we had been speaking like, I think it was from August or July, something around that. Yeah. And so then was it a couple of months to do the counselling and legal part of the paperwork? Yeah. So that actually went quite quickly. So I think it was maybe two to three months from memory. Yeah. And then at this, now, and had you made embryos at, at that point or you were doing yeah, that in Yeah, we parallel? actually did embryos prior. So we had a surrogate that we met again through um, Australian surrogacy about 12 months. Oh no, it would have been eight months prior, but it didn't, un it unfortunately didn't work out. Unfortunately, unfortunately, because Rupert's here, obviously. Kate, I and Ben have started the process of getting embryos sorted before everything with Charles. The conversations with Chelsea. Yep. So they were on, on ice, so to speak. Yes, they were in the freezer. And so you were, this is often a common question new IPs ask, were you able to do that egg collection from your donor, even if you didn't necessarily have a confirmed surrogate? Or yes, um, that's a really good question because we had initially gone with one clinic and unfortunately the counsellor kind of laughed at us when we said we wanted to create embryos, but we had our surrogate and I at the beginning, the first one didn't work out. And she kind of laughed and said, we can't just create embryos. And I was like, oh, she's like, you'll have to find a surrogate. And I was like, well, 
I just, my sister at the stage was 38 and obviously age was a factor. I expressed that we were a bit nervous about that and could take another two, four years to find a surrogate because of the process. And anyway, I, I, I'm rambling now, but um, then we went with Hunter IVF and uh, they had to go to the panel. Is that what they call it? I think. To get yeah, I think they often have pregnant. ethics. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And basically because of Kate's age, although she was creating eggs, like probably an 18 year old, um, because of her age, they did allow us to start the process without a surrogate. I think the, the feedback I'm hearing from that then is if you gently nudge your IVF clinic, you should be able to. Uh, and yeah. when we had... Well, well we, we had went a, with Hunter IVF, which is, I think, a, is it IVF Australia they're affiliated with? So um, I think most people use them. There is another local clinic here who we engaged with first, but once we transferred across and our doctor was beautiful and we were happy and everything went to plan, obviously. Good. I know someone that's here with us tonight who's you've used them as well and some feedback in the chat section there so that's some double good feedback yes yeah i've got other questions i could ask about that first surrogate and timing but um we can come back to that maybe a cheeky question that craig's asked here are you planning on another baby yes so we do have two embryos on ice and the plan is to obviously utilize them otherwise we're just paying for them to be stored for no reason i would i mean if it was a very easy process for us i think i would be on to baby number three but then on the other hand as he said will utilize the, the two, which would probably be, you know, I mean, um, being realistic, it could potentially be one transfer because we did have eggs that didn't make the thawing process. So um, we might only have one shot the next round, but yes, we are in the process of looking into baby number two. And I'll expand on that cheeky question then. Would that be with Chelsea or it would be a different surrogate? No, um, we, one of our close friends has, um, yes, we're very lucky. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us here tonight. We're not in the process right now. I just want to clarify No, but, that. Yeah. but having an offer is a great Yeah, thing. yeah. It was very beautiful of them to offer. And obviously it lets you kind of just enjoy your time currently now with your firstborn without having the pressure of searching for someone and taking you away from just enjoying the current moment with them. Agreed. Yes, because that, that searching is that un unknown is, is a tricky one. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, Michael asks here, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, because I can answer with a range. Did you find the process expensive? Um, yes. like to prepare? Can you, um, do you have we a rough average? It, we, we were expecting it to be expensive and I'm, I'll be transparent because it's, I think it's quite helpful. I wished I had a known prior, but um, ours was probably expensive just based on a lot of things being one COVID, two Chelsea was in Queensland and we were in Newcastle, three Rupert was due around that holiday period so we had to get an airbnb throughout what turned into Christmas, New Year's. So that was very expensive to book an Airbnb in the Gold Coast for six weeks over the Christmas, New Year's period. Yeah. Um, and I guess the egg collection process was expensive as well. But I'm happy if anyone wants to ask questions about costing in more detail, I'm happy for them to message me as well. Like I don't need to divulge all my ins and outs. But um, we were in a situation where we were thankfully able to, uh, we sold our house to free up some equity and we moved in with my parents. Um, for a period of time until we had enough funds to help us with the whole process. Mm. So it's sacrifices that people make to make this happen. Oh, yeah. And we're not, and that's, I guess, I remember you said at the start of our little talk beforehand, um, things that you struggle with. And one of them was asking for help. And this whole process is about asking for help. And we're not ones to ask for help at the best of times. So that was a difficult thing to get your head around. Mm. The surrogates struggled to ask for help, but so do the IPs from elite yeah. networks, don't they? 
Yeah. Um, I, Michael, I can expand a little bit more because I have a data collection that I've done and Dane, I'll be emailing it to you to, to fill out so that we can try and get a, a rough estimate for what does it cost in Australia. So from the data gathering that I have done, the average is about 60000 That's what it cost my guys. 30000 of that was IVF for them because there was two collections from their donor and not getting Medicare rebates. And the range is about thirty-five to 90000 So for those listening, those at the lower end, the 30, 35, they live locally to to each other so they don't have interstate travel it probably works first transfer and they don't have loss of wages to pay and then those at the upper end it might be multiple egg collection cycles from the intended mum or the donor they might have interstate travel and accommodation and they might have to pay loss of wages and multiple transfers it might take as well to happen there's a rough range do you remember Dane going into surrogacy obviously you didn't have every dollar saved at the beginning no. you had like 10 or 20,000 saved uh, I honestly I, I can't recall. I know that we had money aside for the egg collection. I think ours was about 35 to 40. So we we must have had that. I, it's a, a long time ago. It was, okay. and we were just in the, we were renovating and we just got married. So it was just kind of like we we're handing money to everyone at that stage. Yes. <laughs> but we had been saving and we were used to saving. So we did have that aside. And then, and then we had, we, we didn't have to, but we chose to sell because it was an easiest way to free up a lot of cash. Yes. Um, and it just makes it easier for you then not to stress all the way and for your surrogate to know yeah, that exactly right we didn't want chelsea to feel like she couldn't ask for financial support where she needed it for the pregnancy so and we didn't tell her that we sold our house because of that like she'll probably find out that now um, <laughs> because it's not her problem no one's problem it's just the situation I'm, I'm sure you could do it without having to do that um as well but yes it was just something that we we thought and thankfully at the time the market was crazy so it worked out well for us yeah. yes these are very wanted children these surrogate babies they're very planned and expensive <laughs> yes. children yeah. yeah just to answer another question there somebody asked about already having embryos so if you have already gone through the IVF process and have embryos on ice then yes you're probably saving yourself tens of thousands the embryo transfers themselves still cost money and you don't get Medicare rebates on those yet that's something we're working towards changing getting your embryos made ahead of time for surrogacy is definitely recommended if, if you can get there so you mentioned there was a surrogate beforehand and so, yeah. so how long had you been in the community before oh, um, offered, and then why didn't it work out I had been looking into how we were going to have a baby I was probably 26 and I didn't know there was uh, you could do it in Australia I thought you could only you could only go overseas so when I was looking at when I started I think I went typed into my email surrogacy and I had I had contacted overseas things being young and just trying to get my head around it obviously yeah then we found someone locally in like our hometown like here or my hometown but it unfortunately just didn't go to plan didn't sit right it just wasn't the right fit for each other yeah I guess that would be probably the the best polite way, to, way of saying it yeah 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 because I mean at the end of the day it's a relationship that you want to exist throughout birth and post-birth and I guess you know I mean it's really hard to talk on someone else's behalf that's not part of the conversation no. well, um, maybe maybe I'll add in my bit saying I was initially dating IPs different to Matt and Brendan and so and they're in Victoria and they called it off with me after six months of dating so like and although that was shattering at the time I think I've then become the good example that as IPs you are allowed to say no to a surrogate even if somebody offers be it a friend or family if it just doesn't feel like the right fit don't do it don't be that desperate to 
have a kid that you have to like work with somebody because this person should be connected in your life forever. And if, if it just doesn't feel right, um, it's okay to go your separate ways. It doesn't mean anybody's not a nice person, but it just means you shouldn't do this project together. Yeah, that's that's a great way of saying it as well. I mean, for, for us, it was, we were desperate. Yeah, that's exactly probably the best way to say it. But at the end of the day, like you, we could read the signs that maybe the person that we were engaged with wasn't ready as what they thought. And then when the process started moving along, there was a bit of a pushback. I mean, we didn't want to force her to go ahead. So we we called it for the, the best outcome for all of us, yeah. um, which worked out well because otherwise we wouldn't have met Chelsea and Matt and their kids. And who knows, it might not have been Rupert that ended that way. Like who knows? Yeah. So I think it, it's got to be right. But IPs are desperate, aren't they? Because you're, yeah. you're asking this of somebody. And if you don't know of anybody in your friends or family that can help out, you're left with limited options. And so that must have been hard to sort of oh, it was, go separate ways and pick yourself up and go back in there. Yeah, again. it was difficult. I think I, I allow myself, I, I said to them, I'll, I'm giving myself 48 hours to be an emotional wreck. Um, because obviously it was like saying goodbye to the possibility of having a child. It wasn't just saying goodbye to that person. And it was such a long time, like until we found her and then to say it's not going to work out was a hard one. But um, yeah, so I like, gave myself and I just I just cried. I called my mum, yeah. uh, as you do. I gave it a, I think maybe three or four, no, it would have been a bit longer than that. But anyway, I gave myself a few months before I rejoined the group on Facebook because I, if you don't interact, I'm not sure if it's still the same case now because I'm not part of it now, but if you don't interact on a regular basis or you, you can get booted off. Is that I'm not what? in it anymore. Uh, they do a roll call yes, every six months or yeah. something. You waited till you were ready. Yeah. And I um I must admit, I had a few wines that night and joined the group and then felt the courage to like, I don't even know, my spelling's not the best, good at the best of times, but I have no idea how it was. I kind of... <laughs> Oh, I don't want to go back and read it. But anyway, that's how I found Chelsea, which so it was perfect. It worked mm. out very well. It was my first post back, I think. And she contacted us. I think it must have been maybe a month or two after I posted. So she must have gone and done some research. And yeah. on that, she had obviously done her research, but she, I remember her saying, I'm um, speaking on her behalf here. So I do apologize. But I loved how when she, we first met, she actually said to Matt, her husband, that she wanted to do surrogacy. And he said no, but then he went and did his own research and listened to a few podcasts. And then he was on board and just about having a really good team there, isn't it? Like, yep. And because the, the partners are so have to get on board too they're huge oh partners. yeah they're massive they're, yeah um he was very important key driver of it all too yeah and you develop a whole relationship team there so sounds like it was it was a tough year because if only you could have said to dane at the beginning saying the first one's not going to work out but it will work out yeah but yeah you just don't know if it's you can't get your head over there, like get your head around that when you're in the thick of it though yeah and when you're in a breakup, doesn't matter who yeah, you pulled it off yeah. or not, it's still a breakup. It's hard. Oh, yeah. When you're talking to someone most days and then all of a sudden it kind of like um, is a hold and then it's ended. It's a bit. Yes. Yeah. Th this has been, I'm sure, so valuable for those listening to hear what happens when it doesn't work out. And, and yeah, you've picked yourself back up and you put yourself back out there and, and it worked. So I think that's really encouraging for new people. Yeah. Casey has asked then, what advice would you give to other IPs then starting the process? I have written down a few things here, but I don't think they're 
going to answer that question. Okay. Um, advice to give. Uh, I'm not sure. I think you just need to, uh, well, actually, no, an advice I would say, um, probably not with starting the process, but throughout the process is uh, you dab it on it as well, counseling. I think if you do have a good psychologist, I do see someone, but Ben is also a psychologist, but I don't go to him about my problems. You go to someone about the problems. <laughs> um, Post birth, continuing to see someone speak about it because it's a very, it's a strange dynamic. Like you're looking after a, a newborn baby, but you also are trying to keep in contact with someone that you had kept in contact with every day for nine months or before that as well, because they're carrying your child and then they kind of fall back into, you You form into a, a friendship like you do your other friends where you might talk every now and then that week or one week might be two weeks. And me personally, because I, I struggled with my time, I was feeling guilty that I wasn't touching base every day. So helping someone um speaking to someone to help navigate that was really helpful that's something that i would suggest is even if it's not a paid psychologist or a counselor maybe just a friend that you can speak to and um also another thing i guess for when you're starting out is when you do find a surrogate transparency is key i think like you can't i remember saying like chelsea was pregnant and um it was probably a week before rupert was born and i was like now i'm so nervous that once rupert's born that i'm just going to be sleep deprived and not checking in on you when I've I've lined up my mum to check in on you and that's why they're very close as well because they do mum always checks in on Chelsea as well so it's always like you know being transparent and making sure you've got backup and family involved and mm. yeah that's some some great advice I reckon for those listening there transparency and and I think just expanding on that be yourself don't put on a, a front as to who yeah. you are you've got to they've got to see you and your daggy and whatever jokes you crack and oh like 100%. You you're are. about to see that um that woman birth your child so you she needs to see you at your most vulnerable as well <laughs> yeah good point yeah was there a particular challenge or something as a team mm, challenge would have to have been the distance like i don't think it would have been a challenge if we weren't um, restricted to the border being closed so if we had the freedom of visiting it probably wouldn't have been but i think that would have been the hardest part especially for chelsea because it would have been quite lonely i could only assume like you're carrying someone else's baby and you can only communicate with them over the phone so we had a lot of guilt around something that we couldn't control but that's what i personally for our situation found the hardest and i probably found the hardest was the birth certificate i didn't expect to be so emotional when we first received the birth certificate and didn't have either our names on it we knew the process but it was almost a little bit like oh like when is he ours legally <laughs> yeah that Australia, would... they'll fast track that eventually oh i would hope so yeah, yeah eventually you just kind of have to surrender to those situations i guess because it's out of your control for now but mm. uh, that was probably just something that i had to get my head around but the rest of it was i think i had mentally prepared for cost i mean everyone's situation is very different if we weren't in that situation i would have struggled with that as well with having outselling our house what you've touched on there is even with the birth certificate being emotional i think that's really valuable for ips to hear that it's okay to be upset about this process at different points oh, or yeah. the path that's laid out for you Yes, eventually you'll accept it and you'll move on and you'll do it, but it's still okay to not be okay sometimes. Oh, 100%. And that goes for both IPs and surrogates as well. I think as a surrogate, you, you're offering so much. You might feel like a burden. I can only assume when you're, you know, you've offered to do this for someone and now all of a sudden you might have like a window of where you're feeling really emotional and not sure how you're going to go about it but i think being open and honest about that is going to help you a lot more than not sharing that information and same 
with IPs too. But again, like as I said previously, it's transparency. Like as long as you're transparent with each other and that you can be vulnerable with each other, you'll probably have the best team. That's great advice. Transparency and vulnerability. I think there's some key takeaways there. You have had some really key points tonight. That's It's been really valuable to hear a journey that didn't work out at the beginning. You know, even then your own with bumps along the way. I think really honest answers about IVF and costs and things too. So yeah. um, anyone who's come tonight, well done. Good one to come to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess my, as you said, with like the figures, I mean, if you prepare yourself for the worst amount, which I think you said the high end was around 90, which is probably correct. I think ours is a bit more because of Airbnb cost during yeah. Christmas. That was a um, big hit. I think if you prepare for that large amount, then you'll be pleasantly surprised if it's lower. <laughs> well, it's funny. I know of another team that will have two kids. Second kid was, you know, the first one was that 90 because again, they were a Sydney to Queensland team. Yeah. And- Second one, because of COVID and lots of things, it was much, much cheaper, just a couple yeah. of tens of thousands. It sounds like the next one will be if they're local to you, are they? Yeah, yeah, they're local. <laughs> this will be the cheap kid. Yeah, that's right, hopefully. <laughs> one embryo transfer, already got the embryos. Yeah, no walk in the park. Walk in the park, but pay it with pocket money. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. If you'd like to see the photos shared in this webinar presentation, head over to our YouTube channel to watch the webinar. You can head to surrogacyaustralia.org for more information about surrogacy. Also check out our Zoom monthly catch-up sessions, which are a great way to connect with others in the surrogacy community. Attending a Zoom is scary the first time, but there's only ever one first time. We have all been beginners at some stage. As we say, it takes a village to raise a child, and in the case of surrogacy, it takes a village to make a child. So welcome to the village.